Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. These are some of my favorite days at Valley Point Church where we have the chance to dedicate families and kids. So again, I hope you as parents and extended family, because there's a big crowd here watching you and encouraging and cheering you on. I hope you have a fantastic day. And church, let's be sure that we encourage them as well, okay? Will you join me in doing that? Maybe, will you join me in doing that? Okay, it's great. It's great to see young families. So such a, such a beautiful thing. All right, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Colossians chapter 4. We're going to spend some time reading two verses today that are very powerful. Colossians is a New Testament book. There's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Last week, we looked at a couple of verses in Philippians. Today, we're in the book of Colossians. This is a real letter written by the Apostle Paul to a real group of people living in the city of Colossae. It was a church. And he was trying to encourage them. So let's read these words now out of respect for God and his word. Will you stand with me as I read? Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Here's what it says. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity that you have with them. Let your conversations, personalize this now because it's for you and it's for me. So let these conversations that we have with all people be gracious and attractive. So we want them to be good and helpful, or as the text says, gracious and attractive, so that you will have the right response for everyone. May God add his blessing to the reading of his words. You may be seated. This is our final white napkin Sunday, so please take out the napkin that you were given when you walked in the door and get a writing utensil so that you can write down some things and draw some pictures, some symbols, in just a moment when I give them to you. White napkin Sundays. Here's what we do with them. We give you a napkin and encourage you to write some things and draw some things related to God or faith or strategy. It's a very practical way that we want to get things into our minds so that when we have casual conversations, like what we're talking about today in Colossians chapter 4, let your conversations. So when we're having these conversations about God or faith or strategy or something related to those topics, we would be able to remember, oh, you know what? We talked a little bit about that at Valley Point Church, and I wrote something down or I drew a symbol on a napkin, and maybe you're having this conversation at a restaurant, and you'll be able to take an actual napkin and draw some things out to help your friend or family member understand issues related to God, faith, or strategy. So get that napkin ready 
Get your pen ready. In just a few moments, I'm going to give you some things to write and to draw. I had a whole different plan when I was thinking about today. And several weeks ago, I was working on that talk and doing some research and writing. And in the process of working on what I wanted to present to you for the final Sunday of White Napkin Sundays, I read an article by an author I really respect. And it shook me a little bit. And I set aside what I was going to share today because in my mind, I thought, I want to share this information with Valley Point Church. It's that valuable, it's that important, and it will be very impactful for us to have this kind of conversation. So I took what I was writing on and put it on the shelf, so to speak, and I began to develop what I want to share with you today. The gist of the article is reasons why Christians have lost credibility in today's culture. And the title grabbed my attention immediately because I agree with that thought. And I was curious what the author would say. Reasons why Christians have lost credibility in today's culture. The reasons are basically that people look at those who are following Jesus. People look at those who claim to know him and love him And often their conclusions are this. Here's the list. Here's what the author said. People look at Christians as hypocritical, judgmental, harsh, phony, insensitive, bigoted, and exclusive. That was his list. And he was writing based on research saying, here's what I'm discovering, that people look at Christians and they don't want to become like them because they are hypocritical, judgmental, harsh, phony, insensitive, bigoted and exclusive. And I read that and thought, wow. And it resonated with me as truthful and as candid and as a call for me personally, and I'm going to share this information with you, as a call to us to live out what we just read in Colossians chapter 4, live wisely among those who are not believers. There's a real sense where the church at large is probably not doing a great job with this. But yet we're commanded, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Let's do some word studies on what we find here. In verse 5, we see the word live, and that actually means to behave. This was originally written in Greek, and so you have to study the Greek a little bit to gain some context on what the English translation is actually saying. And that word live has the idea of how you behave. So as you go about your business where you work, live, and play, behave wisely The meaning underneath that word is have skill with your behavior. So behave with skill among those who are not believers because they're watching. And research is telling us that as those who don't follow the way of Jesus and are critical of that, they're looking at us if we claim to follow Jesus and saying, you know, they're a little harsh and bigoted and narrow. 
So behave with skill among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. The idea there is use your time in a good way. Make the most of every opportunity. So behave with skill with your time. That's what verse 5 says. And then verse 6 goes on to say, let your conversation be gracious. That word gracious there means be kind. We've talked about kindness quite a bit here at Valley Point Church and have said, if you want this to be your best spiritual year, then you need to embrace kindness as we interact with each other. And that's what it's saying here. Let your conversation be gracious. Let it be kind and attractive. And the idea there means it should be salty in a good way and interesting. So our conversations, kind and interesting so that, here's the reason, so that you will have the right response for everyone. Another way of saying verse six is this. Here's another translation of scripture. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. The traditional Greek meaning of the word grace meant pleasant speech or gracious speech. And so they would have understood this to mean be honeyed with how you talk to each other. Make it sweet. Make it something that tastes good. Be gracious. Good speech. And then add salt to that. In other words, don't be boring. Spice things up a little bit. And so here's what I want you to write on at least one side of your napkin. If we're going to live out Colossians chapter 4, we need grace, pleasant speech, honeyed speech that's good and tasty. And then we're going to add to that salt. All right, there's the salt shaker. And the reason we want to add salt is because this makes things attractive and interesting. And this is the heart of what we find in Colossians chapter 4 and how we can turn things around a little bit. Now, if you're here and you would say you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not so sure about Christians because you would agree with what this author said. They're harsh and judgmental and all of those things and you're just not sure, and you're not so sure about the church either, I'm glad that you're here, and I want to say today is your day. This is a good day for you, because I'm going to poke at us a little bit, and you get to hear about some of this, and how we need to improve as followers of Christ if we're going to help you see a good picture of what Jesus can do in someone's life and in someone's heart. So this is a good day for you, because I'm going to poke a little bit at Christians and the church, but I'm going to do that in a spirit of love because I love the church. I I think this, us, what we're doing right now is a beautiful thing. And listen to this. I want you to hear this. There's nothing quite like the church when the church is working right. And there's certainly a lot of examples of when and how the church has not worked in a right way. But there's nothing quite like the church when the church is working right. It is a beautiful picture 
of what God can do with humble hearts. And my pers- personal mission as a individual and as a leader is to mobilize the church to be a godly and joyous presence where we live, work, and play. So I am for the church. I am for us. And I want this to work, but here's the challenge. Here's the challenge and the concern that the author brought up in this particular article. Research has shown, and major research organizations like Gallup and Pew and Barna and Lifeway they show that many followers of Jesus are not living the kind of life that other people desire. And so the problem's kind of us. If we claim to know Jesus and we claim to follow him, what we're portraying to others is not something that people desire and what they want. So here's what the author said about this. To put it simply, we don't have a marketing problem. We have a sales force problem. Study after study reveals American Christians simply don't believe in our product anymore. Can we turn it around? Well, we believe we can, but not until we get serious about living the kind of life that astonishes the surrounding world. So here's what I want to do. I want to share a big idea with you that will frame our conversation, and then I'm going to give eight suggestions. This is what the author shared. Eight suggestions on how we can, as followers of Jesus, make a difference and have impact in today's culture. One more thing. I'm encouraged with what I see happening here at Valley Point Church. I'm encouraged. I think in many ways we're getting some of these things right. But we're not perfect. I'm not a perfect leader. I know many of you are quick to admit that you make mistakes as well. We fail as a church. And so this is a call for us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to keep our eyes on him, and to make the things of Christ attractive to other people. So much so that they might just say, hey, talk to me about what you have and what you think and how you believe. That's appealing to me. And I might need some of that in my life as well. So this is a call for us to keep our eyes on Jesus and to make the things of him attractive. Okay, here's our big idea. And I would encourage you to write this down. As a church, let's do this. Let's live wisely. Let's do that. And by the way, that is exactly what Colossians chapter 4 points to. I mean, that's how it starts. Behave with a certain set of skills. When you are having conversations with those who don't believe and use your time in a great way and mix this graciousness and salt so that we can explain the things of Christ in a great way. So if you're serious about changing the direction of culture, if you're troubled by what's happening and concerned that we as followers of Jesus don't always get this right in what we're portraying to other people, here are eight suggestions. Here are some ways that we can turn this around a little bit. And here's where we're going to draw some symbols. Number one, Deepen your prayer life. We have to make this a priority. 
Research has shown that 37% of Americans who profess to follow after Jesus do not believe that prayer is an essential discipline or something that they need to participate in with their lives. That's a little more than a third of Christ's followers. That's a concern. Because when we're not engaging in conversations with God, we cut ourselves off from the power source and we will lose momentum. And this is part of the problem. So if we're serious about making a difference and impacting the lives of the people around us, we have to deepen our prayer lives. And here's the thing. God constantly invites us to have conversations with him. It's not that he's disinterested in that. It's that we just don't always think that it is essential. God, the creator, the inventor, the one who is over all and above all, is constantly inviting us to talk to him. We walked through a little bit of this last week in Philippians, where the writer, Paul, says, don't worry, stop that. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need. And so we have this, amazing invitation from God, but often we're just not taking advantage of it. And so if we're serious again about making an impact on culture and really helping people see who God is, we have to deepen our prayer lives. Here's the second step or the second suggestion, and that is show up at church. There's a Hartford religion study that shared on any given Sunday, approximately 20% of American Christians go to church. 20%, that's kind of low. (laughs) That means 80% of people who say they believe in Jesus are not even stepping into a church of any kind. I do believe there is something special about the gathered church. When we do this, There's just something special about this. And I see you and you see me and we get the chance to encourage each other. The very fact that you are here on a Sunday morning and you're listening and you're engaged and you're thinking about Colossians chapter four and you're gonna encourage these families who have dedicated their kids and you're praying, that is a tremendous encouragement to me personally. So thank you for being here. I'm grateful. Hopefully, when you look around, you are encouraged. You know what? There's other people who are doing this. That's incredible. And in our imperfect ways, there's just something special about the church gathering and wrestling with Scripture and saying, this may be a hard thing for us, but let's give it a shot. Let's line our lives up with the truth of Scripture. If we want to make a difference in the culture around us, We have to show up. So thank you for showing up today. How about number three? Read your Bible. Lifeway research has shown that many followers of Jesus, the actual percentage is that 40% of church-going Christians would say they read their Bible maybe once a month, or rarely, or never. 
So what that tells us is if 40% think that way, there's a lot of Christ followers who are avoiding the very source of information that helps us to understand God's plan for our lives and how he loves us and how we can line our lives up in such a way that we can live our best life. We're avoiding the very material that gives that to us. And scripture is all that we have. We don't have another source of information. This is all that we have. And it reveals everything we need to know about God and life and practice. But yet many Christ followers are kind of saying, you know what, I'm not so sure that I need that. If we want to make a difference in the culture around us, we got to dive back into scripture. And maybe it's time. And part of this conversation is to awaken us and revitalize us with the power of the word of God and prayer and showing up and doing these different things. So may God call us back to a deep, deep love of scripture, knowing that it makes a difference. All right, number four. Here it is. It's that we need to get serious about giving. We need to get serious about giving. The only antidote to materialism, which we all battle with and we all struggle with this thing, the only antidote to materialism is giving. It's sharing. And not only is there something powerful about the gathered church when we're together doing this, there is something very powerful about holding everything we have which all belongs to God anyway, with open hands and sharing that with God through a local church so that God can accomplish his purposes. There's something about that that just unites our heart with the heart of God. Something very special about that. And in doing that, we're following the example of God himself because scripture does tell us God loved the world so much that he gave. He gave his one and only son, something that was priceless to him. Research shows that followers of Jesus really aren't any more generous than the rest of the world. We have growth in this area and as generous as Valley Point Church is, and we are generous and I thank you for that. I think we have room to grow in this area as well. Number five, how about this one? Become a better neighbor. Right where you live, work, and play. Just become a better neighbor. What would it look like if where you work, you focused on becoming a better neighbor to someone there? Or where you live, a better neighbor. Or where you go to school, a better neighbor. Or on that team, a better neighbor. I think that alone could change the perception that people have about Christians and about the church if we were making a difference in places outside of the church. So love where you live. Love where you live and where you work and where you play and where you go to school because that's where God has placed you. Become a better neighbor and that will change culture. Okay, Here's a tough one. Number six, be careful 
with politics. Christians can struggle with this occasionally. And we certainly live in a very volatile and angry political culture right now. And so I would ask of you as followers of Jesus that you be careful with politics. Here at Valley Point, we don't push a political agenda. We don't push a party. We open the doors. We love people and we give them Jesus. And we ask that everyone be very careful with politics. Now, having said that, I would encourage you to vote, get involved, run for office, do all of those things. But as you do that, respect, respect. It's interesting because in the past six months, we have a growing number of political leaders who have started attending Valley Point Church. And I want you to know, as someone involved in the political world, we're grateful for you, and you have very tough work. You do. And as a church, we need to be praying for you. I was reminded of that last week when my mom was here talking during our interview time, and she mentioned that she prays for political leaders. I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to get back to doing that. And so this week, I have been praying for the political leaders that attend Valley Point Church and those who don't attend, that God would give them wisdom and grace and compassion. And as a church, Scripture commands us to pray for those in authority. So we need to engage in this. The point being, though, as we go about the process of engagement and praying for our political leaders and running for office and participating, respect, respect. And let's be careful with politics. Here's number seven. Be an example with your family. So you can draw your family in there. There's eight people in my family, so I'm just going to do dot, dot, dot. (laughs) That'll take forever. With your family, be an example. And, And here's what I mean by this. It seems that people, and Christians are often very guilty of this, are quick to point out the mistakes of other people, and they critique others. So here's the question. What would it look like if we didn't do that? those who claim to follow Jesus. What would it look like if we didn't do that and instead we made the choice to go all out with our families, the ones we're responsible for, the ones we can critique and we can encourage and coach? What if we just went all out with our families to make them awesome? And we don't have to judge other people. We don't have to worry about other people. We're not responsible for them. But what if we just took it upon ourselves with our family? To say, we're going to do our very best to make this family awesome and not judge other people on things that they are doing. I believe if we did that, it would make a significant impact. Let's just make our families awesome the best way that we can with God's help, okay? And then here's number eight. We we do all of this, all of this. We deepen our prayer lives. We show up. We engage in scripture. We get generous. We love our neighbors. We're careful with politics and we help our family unit be awesome. We do all of that with 
joy. Like we're happy about that stuff. And the reason I think we can do all of that with joy is because, think about this now, if I have trusted in Jesus alone to save me, then my eternity is secure. I am a child of God. I am a son or a daughter. And he holds me in the palm of his hand and he will never lose me. And so I can have great confidence and joy even when I may not be happy because of who I am in Christ and who I belong to. And so I can and I should deepen my prayer life and show up more and read scripture and be generous and love my neighbor. And I should be careful with politics, be engaged, but respect. I should make my family as awesome as possible and do all of that with joy because Christ in me Christ in me, which by the way, that helps us do this. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. So the opportunities we have with those who are not believers or skeptics doing these eight suggestions. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Back to the big idea. Remember, live wisely. Can we do this, church? We can, and we should because it's what God has asked of us. So let's live wisely and make an impact on culture. One takeaway. Here it is. Pick something out of this list of eight suggestions and develop it. Maybe there's something that God is whispering into your heart. Like, man, I, I, I got to pray more. I've been avoiding that. I haven't done it. Or whatever it may be. I'm not sure. Whatever God is whispering into your heart right now, I would encourage you to pick one thing and then grow that and develop that in your life throughout the week and see if God isn't using that to help you live out Colossians 4, 5, and 6 and live wisely. Father, we are so thankful for some time today to look at this beautiful section of Scripture where Paul, the author, a real person writing to real people, it's just trying to encourage them. And, and maybe they were having some of the same problems we're having today where Christians are looked at in some really negative ways. God, I believe followers of Jesus should be attractive. And people should look at us if we have claimed the name of Jesus, if we've trusted in him, People should look at us and say, boy, there's a level of joy there and peace and you have something. Talk to me about that. God, I pray that you'd give me opportunities this week to have those kinds of conversations and I pray over the room right now that you would give everybody here an opportunity to say, you know, what, it, what is it about you? About you. Help us to live wisely, to live wisely.
and make the most of the time that we have. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.